1: And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. How's
3: it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. Uh, Today, I am joined by my DallasBasketball.com colleague. Uh, He does a lot of great Mavs and, you know, NBA work overall. You know, he contributes across the board. Uh, You know, not only do we have DallasBasketball.com, but now we've got uh, Inside the Rockets, Inside the Spurs, uh, the Magic Insider, and all Knicks. Uh, But it's our guy Grant Afseth. You can find him on Twitter, at Grant Afseth. Afseth's spelled just like how it sounds, A-F-S-E-T-H. And our guy Grant, he was at uh, Box Center last night in Tulsa for Mavs and Thunder Uh, it was uh, a for a preseason game that was you know where the Mavs were shorthanded it was you know it was pretty exciting Uh, but what's your initial takes from that that game Grant and how happy are you to you know finally be back in the swing of things now
1: you know it's always interesting um, seeing the first you know a couple live games after you like watch training camp and things of that nature you know just seeing kind of how like the the comments from coaches and players kind of formulate and you see like uh, how it translates in their strategies, lineups, all that stuff. I thought, you know, yesterday was interesting, uh, you know, with the Mavericks not having Luca, um, you know, just seeing kind of how they may handle that, you know, Jalen Brunson being on the Knicks now um, not having that same like three guard tandem uh, that did so well after the trade deadline, just kind of interesting to see things like that for sure.
3: Yeah. And I mean, look, preseason basketball is preseason basketball. So, I mean, you don't really, you don't really expect to see the highest form (laughs) or highest quality of basketball in these games. But, you know, it's interesting, especially when your top guys are out or some of your top guys are out, you know, you get a chance to see like what we saw last night with uh, rookie Jaden Hardy. Now, you know, coming in, it was like I feel like Christian Wood was probably the uh, the biggest highlight or, you know for for a guy that people wanted to see and you know see how he adapted and everything. and he got off to kind of a rough start uh, on both ends of the floor, uh, but mostly defensively, but he picked it up throughout the game. I mean he, his offensive talent is undeniable. His shot looks really, really good. Uh, The rebounding is something that's legit and it's really going to help this team throughout this season, in my opinion. Uh, And, you know, I'll get your take on it too. But, you know, I I think obviously he's got to give more effort on the defensive end, uh, but I think it will help that, you know, under normal circumstances, he'll be playing next to Maxi Kleba uh, in that second unit front court. And he, you know, Kleba wasn't available last night. Uh, Luca, JaVel McGee, Maxi Kleba, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Davis Bertans. I don't know if I'm missing somebody else, but they—they they were the, all those guys were out last night. But you know, Christian Woody finished with 16 points, 13 rebounds, uh, seven of 13 from the field, two of four from three. So I mean, he—he he had a good night uh, overall. But you know, the you could definitely see why people have concerns uh with his defensive abilities but despite him having that good outing you know it was it was rookie jaden hardy that stole the show you know the hardy party so to speak as everybody likes to say on social media uh but you know 20 years old uh he was the number 2 overall uh recruiting prospect in the class of 2021 for a reason uh the number one guard in that class I don't think, I think he would have been a, a, a lottery pick if he had chose to sit out like, you know, like Shaden Sharp did. Uh, he got drafted by the Portland Trailblazers, but, you know, he didn't. He decided to play in the G League, and he ended up, you know, his efficiency struggled, and he dropped, and, uh, and now here we are. You know, the Mavs traded with Kings, got him with the number 37 pick, and, Uh, You know, he showed some flashes in Summer League, but, you know, it just wasn't – his efficiency was still down and it was obvious that he still had a long ways to go. Well, you know, he's obviously put in a lot of work uh, between Summer League and now because he looked a lot more under control last night. Uh, You know, he he scored 16 of his team-high 21 points in the fourth quarter, you know, when the game was tight. Uh, So, I mean, I know it's preseason – but, you know, in a game that's close and, you know, where the, it's hanging in the balance and they were down uh, for a lot of that fourth quarter, it was just nice to see a 20-year-old kid, you know, in his, in his first, like, official NBA action go out there and, and take a win uh, for the Mavs. So I was impressed. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on Hardy first, and then we'll move on into the Wood stuff.
1: Yeah, I think Jaden Hardy showed a lot of uh, intriguing stuff. I think uh, like something that's always good to have. Like, I mean, actually, so not always good to have, but it can be a mixed bag uh, when it's not going great and it and it continues to struggle. But his confidence to keep shooting um, was definitely something uh, that was good to see. Um, you know, like his first like legitimate NBA venue uh, type of game. Uh, you know, and he struggled. Hit, you know with his jump shot early on but then he kept with it and stayed aggressive that that's very intriguing to see cuz some players um you know early on they kind of struggle with confidence you know they don't want to like um you know be too uh aggressive with their shot when it's not working and then they kind of you know fade off but he stayed aggressive and that I feel like that's a pretty good uh quality in a player that you hope to have star potential in the future and i thought that uh You know, I thought he competed pretty well in defense as well. Like, I think the messaging has been very clear. Like, uh, they want um, kind of disciplined shot selection. Uh, There's been comments made about that at times uh, when talking about Jaden Hardy from uh, Jason Kidd. Um, And just knowing that he's got to compete on defense and provide value outside of just, you know, scoring. And I think, uh, you know, that's been pretty clear. And I think he's worked towards that
3: yeah and one thing I, I really picked up on last night, you know with the post game quotes and everything, Jason Kidd basically said that he's a gym rat and I wrote about that and published it on DallasBasketball.com, uh not too long before we got on here. but uh, just knowing that this kid is is committed and you know he, he seems like he plays with a lot of passion uh, and having that drive and want to get better. You know, it said he comes back late at night, you know, and stays in the gym working on his game. So that that's a big sign for me, you know, going forward. And it, it makes me optimistic about his, you know, potential growth this season and going forward. Uh, I just – I like it when young players, when you hear this early on about, you know, how they're 110% dedicated and staying in the gym. I think that kind of gives him a head uh, – a leg up on – you know, some of the other guys in the class. So, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, if you're in the NBA, obviously you're you're trying very, very hard, but it just, you know, there's some guys where you get the sense that maybe they just have a little extra something, you know, uh, on top, you know, on top of their peers. So that's, that's the vibes I get from Jaden Hardy. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: For sure. And there's definitely some guys that you feel you get less of something <laughs> in the work ethic department around the league too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's right. definitely good to, to see that early on. And I think, uh, you know, it's good good whenever someone has like, like you know, he, he's pretty confident, has star potential uh, in the way he kind of approaches the game. Uh, so I feel like, you know, with the work ethic going along with it, that's always intriguing. He has great mentors. Uh, you know, he has like, you know, a Hall of Fame uh, head coach, uh, you know, to be able to help him uh, work through, uh, you know, early early career uh, growing pains. Luka Doncic is not a very uh, uh, bad uh, person to have either, as like a lead by example guy in practice every day. That's pretty solid. Um, so you know, I just think like the support system will be very solid, and uh, you know, just seeing how he progresses will be uh, intriguing.
3: Let me ask you this too, because it, you know, heading into training camp, it was it's a question mark about the Mavs' backup point guard, and they want a guy. They want a guy, ideally, who is a secondary distributor, uh, can shot create. Uh, you know, I, Jaden Hardy right now, his strengths. It seems like it's more of catch and shoot more than anything else. Now he can do some other things too. Uh, but that seems like that's his main strength. But you know, if he keeps up what he's done through training camp and now, you know, uh, in the preseason so far, I mean, wh- what are the chances that he can, you know, carve out a role in Jason Kidd's rotation and kind of put to bed the uh, the secondary point guard stuff? because. I mean I know the Mavs have a lot of faith in in Josh Green and Frank Aquina. and Josh Green I mean he's had a great uh training camp as well and he had a good game last night too he you know I, I forgot how many minutes he played about 20 minutes I think and uh he ended up with uh 9 points, 4 rebounds, 2 steals and a lot of other hustle plays that don't show up in the in the box score but you know I feel like Josh Green is, is gonna be more of that shooting guard, small forward, off the bench type role, instead of being like, you know, as much as they want him to be a point guard, like he can pass a little bit, but I don't think that's gonna be his identity off the bench, even though he will be effective. But as far as Neil I just I don't know if that's gonna work out or not for them. And I'm just I'm kinda curious to get your thoughts and see if you think Hardy can kind of uh take over what they're wanting from the, the backup point guard spot going forward, even though he's a rookie.
1: Yeah, I think uh, when you look at the bench group, um, it looks like they they clearly want to play the offense uh, or run the offense through uh, Christian Wood. like to emphasize kind of like inside out, uh, you know, kind of more ISO post play type stuff because um, they don't really have like this high usage uh, pick and roll guy who can just run high pick and rolls. Um, like over and over again, kind of like how the starting uh, unit has. Um, So I think having, uh, like, high-level, off-the-catch kind of guys like Jaden Hardy and, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. especially, um, I think that would probably be the most effective um, in the long run because I think Frank Natila-Kina, you know, like looking beyond three-point percentage and things of that nature, um, there's a difference between, like, converting open looks and then like being a tough shot maker and being this like, you know, very decisive, uh, and aggressive. And I think, uh, you know, it's a struggle when you're not able to run those high pick and rolls and you have kind of like less than stellar, like catch and shoot guys, like multiple in a unit, like Natila Kina and Josh green. Like I know Josh green's been working on becoming more aggressive, um, and his shots probably improved as well. But, you know, he's not like a pure shooter uh, by any stretch, kind of like, you know, Hardy and Hardaway. So I think uh, I I could see that happening where he emerges um, and takes on more responsibility um, as a rotation player. Um, I do think that it helps that they don't have to run a bunch of high pick and rolls because I think he's going to have to uh, work through development and making reads in those uh, situations. Uh, mostly because like, you know, just going back to summer league, um, like he was most effective when he was involved, like kind of like in off ball uh, actions, um, like handoffs, things of that nature uh, instead of making like high pick and roll reads. Cause that's a pretty complicated, uh, you know, aspect of NBA basketball. Um, so I just think it'll be a good fit overall if he does emerge into that sort of role uh, with Christian Wood back there.
3: And that's another thing too that I think helps his chances is that you know he had a pre-existing relationship with Christian Wood, you know th- those two guys seem like they're really close. There's a there's a natural chemistry between them. We saw it in the the fan jam, the open scrimmage uh, last weekend, and you know you kind of see it when they were on the on the floor together last night. Uh, now you know. Jaden Hardy is going to have to get a little bit better with his lob passes <laughs> to, <laughs> to Christian Wood, but you know, the opportunities are going to be there uh, in the pick and roll situations. And it seems like they have pretty good chemistry and I think that helps his chances, but uh, just moving on to, to Wood specifically, uh, like I said, the defensive issues, that's nothing new. We, we knew there were questions there. There's been questions about it throughout his entire entire career and it's not necessarily that he's not physically capable of doing it. I think it's more of just, you know, an effort thing than anything else. And, I mean, to be fair to Christian Wood, he was playing with, like, the end-of-the-roster guys for, for mo- most of the night last night. So, I mean, I, I think it will help when he's lined up with Maxi Klebo or if they try and, like, you know, Maybe they try and experiment and go with uh, with Christian Wood and JaVale McGee, which, you know, we've talked about this before. That's probably not a good idea, but we know Jason Kidd is experimental at the start of these seasons with lineups. So uh, I think playing with the main guys and especially with Luca, like when his minutes match up with Luca, I think that's when we're really going to see him excel uh, the same way, you know, Luca propels uh, Dwight Powell's game. So, the rebounding is the biggest thing though. You know, he can he can shoot threes and he's not it's not like KP where it's just hit or miss. Like he's actually a really good three point shooter, almost forty percent for his career. Um, and he can rebound, which is something this team sorely needed uh after what they experienced last year when, you know, they got eaten up by Kavan Looney in the Western Conference Finals. So Uh, I was encouraged by what I saw overall from Wood last night. Hopefully the the defensive stuff picks up. But what do you think about his first performance as a Mav?
1: I think pretty much you got what you would expect from him. Uh, Like everything you said with uh, how there were some shortcomings defensively, I mean, as expected, I think it's a work in progress. Uh, He has the the physical tools uh, to be a good defender. I think uh, there's more skill to being a a good defender uh, than than I think a lot of people realize. Like, like you actually have to, like, you know, have the the timing, the you know, have it be a consistent thing. um, Where uh, you know, I think effort goes a lot into it, but you know, I think you can't like uh, if you're like someone like Donovan Mitchell in that playoff series against the Mavs. I don't. I just can't imagine him not playing defense and then this year deciding I'm going to play defense and I'm going to be really good at it. Like I feel like it's going to have to be a work in progress for guys that don't necessarily defend at a high level for like a long period of time. So I think like with the accountability that the Mavs have with, uh, his, with Christian Wood's defense, I think that will pay off. And I think just being patient with it um, and just knowing that um, at least it's not a physical limitation – um, that's, that goes a long way. And, um, you know, just knowing that he also has the incentive to defend at a high level, um, more so than in pretty much any other year of his career is pretty big, uh, like or recent in his career. Cause uh, you know, when he came in the league, he had to earn his, his spot, but, um, you know, just knowing that when it's contract, uh, time, uh, being able to go to the Mavs or any other team and say, I improved on defense. This season significantly, and I bring this other stuff to the table, I think will be big uh, for both sides.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: One guy that's a testament to, you know, having the right guys around you and, you know, buying into a system and giving maximum effort, uh, helping you on the defensive end, in my opinion, is Tim Hardaway Jr. And I'm not saying, look, Tim Hardaway Jr., he's still not considered, you know, a great defender by any means. But, you know, if you look at what he's turned into on that end right now compared to what he was in New York Uh, before he got to Dallas I mean it's a pretty big difference Uh, and yeah you can confirm this later on if if you're if you're able to look it up but I'm pretty sure uh, my guy Bobby Corrala from Mavs.com I had him on a few episodes ago and you know he was saying that you know last year surprisingly uh, you know despite Tim Hardaway Jr.'s three-point shooting kind of falling off he was a net positive on the defensive end so He wasn't hurting the team on defense, and I think a lot of that is because, you know, like I said, buying in and uh, you know having each other's back, playing on the string defensively since they don't have an actual anchor on defense. So I feel like if Tim Hardaway Jr. can do it, (laughs) based on based on what we saw, you know, earlier in his career, uh, Christian Wood should be able to do it with the right guys around him too. But we'll just we'll just have to see. Um, uh, but you know, again, first game, first impressions. Him playing with a bunch of end of the bench guys that he, you know, likely won't ever play with except for Hardy uh, going forward. Uh, it, I, I think he, I think he showed us something there. So I'm, I'm excited to see how he actually plays when he gets minutes with Luca and more minutes with Spencer Dinwiddie and Josh Green. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie got the start. Uh, and he's going to be starting next to Luca, you know, this entire season unless something drastic changes. But uh, he had nine points. He was three of six from the field. Uh, had three or four assists, uh, and then you know, one of, what I like from him is like he he was very he was very active on defense, active hands. Uh, he had a really nice. Uh, he he scored a three pointer. It was a contested three. He nailed it. Uh, OKC was trying to throw the ball up up the court and he intercepted it at half court, ran down and threw up a, a high lob to Josh green rim rocker. Uh, You know, so it was encouraging. He only played like 15, 16 minutes, but when he was out there, I was encouraged by his play. what do you think about Dinwiddie? And then, you know, just branching off of that, Uh, you know, there's been a lot of hype around Josh green this off season too. And the Mavs have said that, you know, he's had a very good training camp and, uh, they're expecting a breakout season for him. But uh, those two guys, what, what, what were your initial thoughts watching them in the first preseason game?
1: Yeah, I think with uh, Josh Green, I think it was intriguing that they use like, kind of early offense, triple handoffs. It kind of reminded me of, like, a little bit of how, like, the Houston Rockets use Jay Sean Tate. Like, they're not the greatest shooters, um, so there's limitations in the half court, but kind of until the reputation improves um, in that that regard. Um but it's good to kind of, like, involve, like, kind of get things moving uh, in the half court when you're not really going to have a lot of, like, high pick and roll options uh, with the bench unit. Um, that's a good way to kind of um, create, like, a like a like put the defense into rotations pretty much. And I think um, – I, I just think in general with Spencer Dinwiddie, um, I think, you know, there were some solid things from him um, in general. But I think, um, like, one thing that will be interesting to kind of watch – is when he plays with, uh, like, a traditional big man, uh, like a non-shooter like Dwight Powell, um, I noticed just some hesitancy from him, like, in short range. Um, I would like to see him be more aggressive like he was earlier in his uh, career, uh, like kind of playing through contact and just attempting finishes. It's, you know, a little early with preseason to kind of be, like, you know, hyper-analyzing that stuff. Um, But I think, you know, when he's kind of playing without Luka on the floor – um, I, I think I'd like to see him be more aggressive, uh, if that makes sense.
3: Definitely. And I mean, some of that might have to do with, you know, the last time he was in, uh, in, in NBA action, it was in the post season and, you know, his efficiency fell off. You know, there were a couple of reasons for it. You know, one reason was in my opinion, he said he came back too early from that uh, ACL recovery. So uh, coming back a little early from that, all the stuff he had to endure in Washington, and then you know he had that fantastic run with the Mavs at the end of the regular season, and then they had a long playoff run. I personally think he got fatigued, uh, but then you know another part of it was he wasn't getting a lot of the same calls in the postseason that he was in the regular season, and that's that's to be expected. Uh, you know they're not as they don't call as ticky tacky fouls as they do. Uh, in playoff basketball as they do in the the regular season. But, uh, I mean, I agree. I think he does need to stay aggressive. Uh, You know, he's going to – I don't think he's going to have any problems getting those calls, at least in the regular season. Uh, But, I mean, I I was encouraged from what I saw from And and I want to get your thoughts on his his three-point shooting too because, you know, obviously we're not going to expect Dinwiddie to do what he did in that 23-game sample size – you know, regularly for the Mavs, uh, from last season where he shot like almost 50%, uh, 40% from three. He, he almost had 50, 40, 90 efficiency <laughs> in, in 23 regular,
1: Six percent on like twos. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah.
3: He, he had one of the best stretches, probably the best stretch of his career, uh, shooting the ball. And it, it, you know, it tapered off in the postseason. But what I was interested in, although his overall, you know, field goal percentage dropped in the postseason, his three point percentage stayed, you know, where it was in the regular season. It was it was actually a, a notch higher at like forty one point seven percent, I think. So, uh, you know, if he if he can keep that up, you know, that'll be a big part. Of, of this season and how high the the Mavs can go in the standings, especially if Luca can stay healthy too. But, uh, I mean, wh- what do you think about his efficiency overall? Do you think that there's something that can stick there? Obviously, we don't expect it to be that high, but, you know, if he can stay around, you know, 36%, 37% consistently on his three pointers, you know, the Mavs might have something there.
1: For sure. I think, um, I think after the trade, um, I think when you come to the Mavs, it's pretty clear um, that you know you're going to have to be a high-level catch and shoot guy, and I feel like he's pretty focused on that. Like you can just kind of see like discipline in his shooting mechanics. Um, like he he did a great job like holding his follow through and uh, staying balanced, all that good stuff. Like after the trade, and I feel like you know he's maintained that as well. Like when you kind of just watch him shoot, um, I do think uh, in general with the efficiency. Um, I think it'll be important that he hits pull-up, you know, jumpers, uh, especially with Luka off the court, um, like out of ball screens and stuff. Making the, the defense have to, like, aggressively go over screens and handoffs, all that stuff uh, by making them pay um, will be very important. Because um, I think um, it's just something that I saw, like, um, like last night's game. There was a lot of turnovers when, you know, guys just started to drive, didn't really have an advantage, um, cause like there was a big in the paint, um, with a non shooting big, um, kind of being the role man or just playing in the dunker spot. And I think that, you know, um, uh, not forcing, uh, like the defense to have to commit, uh, to helping off the weak side corner. Um, there was like a lot of, uh, like kind of cross court pass turnovers. And I think that kind of ties into the aggression, um, with, for Dinwiddie when he's attacking, uh, downhill, like if he establishes himself, um, again, like honey, as he did earlier in his career, and even like during the Washington um, stretch last year, he he was really good um, attacking. um uh, his three point shooting was was poor, but um, he was very good at attacking. Um, I think he's gonna need to establish himself as that threat to force those rotations, to create those passing advantages, um, to kind of allow the ball to pop around the half court and get guys that aren't necessarily, the greatest of uh, catch-and-shoot guys' um, advantages with a little bit more uh, space on the catch, but then also um, to kind of create those, like, weak points uh, for those guys to attack off the catch, uh, like kind of into the gap, off the dribble, um, will be good too. Um, So I think that will be, like, key things to watch is just, like, kind of how he plays, um, like, at the rim and just, like, that short-range area Um, because he was super effective in the regular season, kind of as we just talked about um, after the trade. Um, and before as well, but yeah, just seeing how that kind of translates into this year because um, he's not playing as much with like um, I would say like the, the, the spacing in the front court with like Bertans uh, and Kleba um, like he did a lot of the times when he's playing on the bench, um, just kind of being able to play through having a big ready to protect the rim in the paint um, if they're going to start McGee as, you know, as they clearly are uh, will be important
3: yeah and look i mean even if even if his shot isn't falling even if he's having if he goes through stretches where he's having trouble finishing at the rim the aggression is something that needs to stay at a high level because even in like in that phoenix series for example uh you know his his overall efficiency was terrible uh but you know there were a couple of games I think it was game uh I think it was game six uh, where
1: series for sure
3: yeah yeah you know i think it was game six specifically that i remember where you know even though those those shorter ones weren't falling he was only hitting his threes he was driving aggressively and it ended up with like wide open corner threes for bertons like i think he had three or four assists directly to bertons just because he was driving so hard in the paint and he was he was being so aggressive it was sucking extra people in and you know the the rest is history so that's the biggest thing i mean i know i know kid's gonna experiment with with these lineups and just because he's starting you know i know he'll mix it in and then witty will play with the bench guys a little bit as well but you know it, it'll be interesting to to see how it all plays out uh, it was kind of an odd it was kind of an odd first preseason game because you know like i said a lot of the uh the main guys in the rotation were out uh luca he's he kind of He's getting a light workload, you know, in training camp and uh, at the start of preseason because of the run he had in Eurobasket over the summer for Slovenia. Uh, So, I mean, it it was kind of odd, but it it was cool. It was nice to see, you know, some of these guys that probably won't get as much run uh, during the regular season, you know, get a little bit extra run and kind of show what they're capable of. uh, And look – I'm, I mean, I know Josh Green isn't going to come out here and average 20 points per game or anything, but I've been so impressed uh, with how much more confident he looks. You know, he's – he's up until this point, uh, I'd like, I've always liked to describe him as a chaotic energy type player, which is a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing if you don't know how to harness it. And I think he's better at harnessing it now. I mean, you saw it last night. There was one – uh there was one play where I think Christian Wood or somebody scored a basket and then OKC went to inbound it, inbound it, and Green snuck up behind him and stole it and you know went up for an easy layup. You know, plays like that, uh, that's where that chaotic energy can can really help uh the Mavs going forward. And I'm really excited about this season. Like I said, I know he's not gonna average a ton of points and all that, but you know, if his percentages stay respectable like they were last year with a little more volume and, you know, he just continues to provide a spark defensively off the bench. I think he's going to be a key piece for this team going forward. But uh, next, next game for the Mavs will be on Friday night. uh, At American Airlines Center is the Mavs only uh, home preseason game. They're playing the Orlando Magic. Uh, Former assistant coach Jamal Mosley is head coach there and then they'll get a They'll probably get a look at uh, number one overall pick. Uh, how do you say his first name? That's that's, that's sad that I don't know. Is it Pet? How do you say it?
1: <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of people say uh, Paulo. I believe. Paulo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Paulo, Paulo, Paulo Benchera. uh against the Spurs. So I don't I don't know if they're uh, <laughs> if they're gonna. I, that, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how they manage it. Um, I believe they are playing tonight. But uh, so back to back. Do they have a back-to-back in preseason?
3: I've I've seen people do that before. I don't think it's very. Uh, I don't think it happens often. But if 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 it is, then I'm not going to bank on Banchero playing. But I can't wait for if that does happen. You know, people will say that he's ducking Hardy, which will which would be pretty <laughs> funny. But. <laughs> but you know maybe uh, since it's the only preseason home game you know maybe uh maybe we'll get a a look at luca and you know then their neck their their final preseason game isn't going to be for another week uh it'll be on the 14th when they finish things up uh, against the utah jazz but uh grant appreciate you joining me man Uh, i'm glad uh you got to go and experience all that in tulsa last night and uh, I believe you're going to be, you know, on the ground for us in Phoenix on opening night as well. And uh, it's, it's going by fast, man. Uh, as, as long as the off season felt, you know, as soon as media day hits, it just it's like an avalanche. It, it, it all comes at you at once and uh, we're getting things rolling early. And next thing you know, it's going to be opening night in Phoenix. But uh, I appreciate you joining me, man. Anything else you want to add before we take off?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, just be sure to check, uh, you know, throughout uh, the day um, on game days on Dallas basketball.com and the day after we're going to have a lot of, uh, you know, post-game quotes, uh, video breakdowns, um, you know, all kinds of stuff, uh, you know, from start to finish throughout the whole season. So I think, uh, you know, just highlighting uh, that for sure.
3: Yeah, definitely keep up to date with all that. Uh uh, you can find Grant again at Grant Afseth on Twitter. You can find myself at Dalton underscore Trig on Twitter, and uh, you can follow the Pod account too at Step Back Mavs. Uh, our Facebook page. Uh, be sure to go follow that if you haven't. I mean, I'm y'all all see our stuff on Twitter, I'm sure, but uh, we got our Facebook page up and rolling. It just got verified the other day, so that's exciting. Uh, it took it long enough, but. <laughs> finally finally got that going so go find dallas basketball on facebook we're all always posting our content there and other fun stuff and be sure to like rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms the math step back podcast if you do you know put your twitter instagram at some kind of social media at to where you're automatically entered for a chance to win t-shirt giveaways and stuff of that nature going forward so guys appreciate it y'all have a great rest of your week and have a great weekend uh we will probably be back either monday or tuesday early next week to you know have another update and we'll recap uh the mavs uh mavs magic game that happens friday and you know anything else that happens between then and monday or tuesday so guys appreciate it y'all have a great rest of your week we'll see you next time
2: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me. the e-system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you.